Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 44 of the World of Sports podcast. I'm your host, Diego Sandoval, joined, uh, as always, by my co-host, Logan Ring. Logan, say what's up to the people. What's up, everybody? We've got a great episode in store for all of you today. It is Friday, June 25th. Um, we've got two, two, pretty, two major topics that we're going to talk about, maybe sprinkle in a, a little bit of some other stuff. But in the NBA, uh, kind of the biggest talk in the past week as, you know, playoffs are continuing to start and teams are starting to get bounced out. Um, it's the Ben Simmons situation in Philly. Uh, if you missed it, they got bounced by the Hawks in game seven and he, you know, didn't do much to help that team. Um, especially late in games, but we're going to get into that. And, you know, there's rumors swirling around about him possibly leaving Philly. Um, and if that were to happen, we're going to talk a little bit about how it may go down. Uh, the draft lottery was this week as well. We might talk a little bit about that. Um, but again, focusing more on Ben Simmons, because it seems like that's kind of what a lot of people are talking about right now. Uh, and then, you know, it's the end of June. Uh, All-Star, All-Star weekend is coming up for the MLB. Uh, it's uh, in a couple weeks here. I think it's the, you know, July 10th, 11th. It's, it's usually around there, some, somewhere in that, in that range. Um, so we're going to give our picks for, for All-Stars. Uh, I think the, the ballot voting system, it's different this year, um, but it's in like the second phase or whatever they, they're calling it mm-hmm. um so we're getting down to the to the finalists for for all-star spots in the mlb uh so yeah before we get started again follow us on all of our social medias instagram tiktok twitter um if you're watching on youtube like comment subscribe please it would help a lot and if you're watching on spotify or, or listening on apple Podcasts or spotify give us a like rating follow do it all um but yeah, let's jump right into it with Ben Simmons. Um, in my opinion, in pretty much everyone's opinion, he is one of the best, if not the best defensive player in the NBA, uh, especially at that guard spot. Um, but he just he hasn't been able to figure it out offensively. And in my opinion, um, you cannot have a superstar on a team that just isn't able to touch the ball in the fourth quarter because when he does, he just gets fouled and they make him shoot free throws. That, that's, that's not a good recipe for success. Yeah. The only way that's going to happen is if you've got a guy like Shaq or someone who's like extremely dominant and confident and can do whatever they want. Uh, but Ben Simmons just has no confidence right now. And it's sad to see how much his value has dropped because a guy who just finished second in defensive player of the year voting and maybe should have finished first the way we saw that the series with Rudy Gobert went, um, he's, he's now getting trade rumors for a guy like CJ McCollum, where a month ago it was still like the James Harden trade could have happened. Um, and he was the main piece in that. So it's crazy how much his value has dropped. And defensively, like you said, he is an elite player. But there's just something, I don't know if it's in his head or what, but he just does not want to shoot the ball and he is not confident. Um, and he, he doesn't even want to like take mid-range shots. There's guys like Giannis who like don't make them, but they take them. Uh, ben Simmons doesn't even try. Um, 
And I don't know if that's mental. I know there's people telling him to take those shots. So it's very weird, but there's, there's no way he's going to be on the Sixers next year, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, the report is that the Sixers are pretty reluctant to break up this group um, because, I mean, they were one game away from the Eastern Conference Finals, but they've been in that limbo situation for the past couple of years where it's like they're absolutely good enough to be, you know, a top three team in the NBA, but come playoff time, they just can't seem to prove it. And, you know... I think what they have with Joel Embiid is obviously amazing. He's an MVP candidate. Um, What they have, you know, Tobias Harris is a really good option that I feel like is still kind of underrated. Um, Seth Curry had an amazing shooting season. You know, they've got Matisse Thybul, you know, Shake Milton, Tyrese Maxey. They've got a really good young core. And Ben Simmons, I think if they're able to get someone good like CJ McCollum, um, you know, th- there's just, there's plenty of options around the league. I feel like that would, yes, you're losing a huge piece defensively, obviously, but I think if you can get back a guy like a guard that can legitimately score consistently, that team can make the NBA finals next year. I think. Yeah. Um, I think the, the Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid test has, Kind of just happened process has I mean we've seen what the process has done and I think it's kind of time that they they change it up um Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid just do not fit well together um along with Joel Embiid you I, I think it would be super beneficial to have a traditional guard who is like on an all-star level um and Ben Simmons just isn't that he he's probably a power forward who's a playmaker, a really good playmaker and a really good defender, but that's what he is or what he's shown that he is so far. Um, so I kind of want to talk about some trade ideas that we could do. My favorite um, would be Ben Simmons going to the Indiana Pacers and getting back Malcolm Brogdon and TJ Warren. And I think Malcolm Brogdon would fit so well with this team. He's a great defender He's really good at, at just shooting, not turning the ball over. He could fit in a role really well. He's super efficient. Um, and I think he would work really well with Joel Embiid. TJ Warren is also in there just for salary. Um, but he also has shown that he can be really, really good. Uh, he's coming off a big injury from last year, but we saw in the bubble that he was averaging like 30 points per game. So I could see him coming off the bench and adding a spark of like 15 points a game. Um, and then for the um, Pacers, I mean, getting a guy like uh, Ben Simmons could be really good for a rebuild. Uh, And the Pacers are kind of in that spot where they're like, we're a fringe playoff team and that is the worst spot to be in. So if you want to blow up the team now, I think it's great. Uh, You're, you're losing out on on Malcolm Brogdon, but I think it's time to shake things up. So I really like this trade for both teams. And I think I like the trade for the Pacers a lot because, you know, you're trading away Brogdon. Yes. And, and Warren, and Brogdon was your, you know, second or third option, depending on where you were in the year last year. But if you bring in Ben Simmons to that team, I think Ben Simmons, Karis Levert, DeMontis Sabonis, that's not like an old team at all. They're all in their, you know, early to mid 20s. Like, and those three guys can all get it done. Or again, Ben Simmons is going to have a lot to work on this offseason. But Levert and Sabonis, we know can get it done on the offensive side of the ball. And 
bringing in a guy like Ben Simmons on defense, again, it's just so valuable. No team, every team in the NBA would love a guy that can just lock down on defense. And again, he's been a liability offensively, but if he can work on that, then he can be so valuable to some teams. And an interesting trade that that I was, was thinking would happen, and again, I'm not the biggest fan of this team, and I know you aren't either, but um, the Golden State Warriors um, have some – have have some capital to, to trade. Um, you know, obviously Steph Curry coming off an MVP caliber season. Clay Thompson is coming back again. If anyone's gonna bounce back well from an injury like a torn ACL, it's gonna be Clay Thompson, who just sits there and shoots basically. Um, they have you know, Andrew Wiggins could be part of the trade if the Sixers want to take on that contract. Again, don't know if they will. The the Warriors also have two lottery picks, like. They got they really hit on the draft lottery. They had the Timberwolves pick if it wasn't top three, I think is what it was, and it wasn't. So I think the Warriors are sitting somewhere like five or six and then like 14. And, you know, bring in a guy like Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons and Draymond Green on the defensive end for the Warriors, that's, that's very good. Like, again, I don't know how he'd fit offensively necessarily because obviously Steph is your primary ball handler and who know Ben Simmons we haven't really seen him play off the ball and when he has it hasn't been very impressive so that's the one thing but I think Ben Simmons and Golden State just on a defense again it's kind of weird to think about but on a defensive side that makes that team a lot better and as a fifth like Ben Simmons passing it out to Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. I don't know two better guards that he can play with yeah. where it's just catch and shoot threes. So yeah, I, I really like that one too. Even though I'm not a fan of the Warriors. I mean, that, <laughs> that could be fun to watch. Yeah. Um, one more I want to go over. We kind of over already went over the CJ McCollum one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't really want to cover that one. Um, but the San Antonio Spurs, I feel like is one that's kind of under the radar. It's DeMar DeRozan and Lonnie Walker. Uh, and a 2022 first-round pick for Ben Simmons. And I know that DeMar DeRozan is not the three-point shooter that everybody talks about, but basically Ben Simmons is playing small forward, power forward with Tobias Harris right now. DeMar DeRozan can fit that position, and his mid-range is so good, uh, and that's really something that would help the team out a lot. His playmaking, he averaged over six assists um, last year. That He could fit in there perfectly. Um, and I think a pick and roll with him and Embiid would be great because that mid range is lethal or you could just pick and pop with Embiid. Um, so I really like this one. And I think that um, on the Spurs, Ben Simmons could learn a lot. I would like to see him in that system because it's a system that things just work out a lot of the time. Um, and I don't know if they would change his shooting form, if they would change his shooting hand, who knows what it is. Cause that's actually a possibility. Yeah. Um, and then Lonnie Walker, I mean, he's a young player who could come off the bench, and I think that he could learn a lot in Philly. Um, or with that 2022 first-round pick and Lonnie Walker, you could swap that for something else. Uh, I know that they're not going to be looking in the draft to draft somebody who's going to help them now, really. So if they want to trade that, I think that would work. Um, but I think this is an interesting one to look at, too. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of people, obviously Ben Simmons gets his hate for shooting. But if he was a, a – a mediocre offensive player. He didn't even have to be a shooter. He wouldn't be getting this hate because, you know, the Sixers have a guy like Seth Curry. Tobias Harris can hit a three every once in a while. Joel Embiid can go out and stretch the floor. Like 
they don't need a pure three-point shooter in return for Ben Simmons. Like they just need a guy that can be that can be decent offensively. Like, yeah. That, that that's all it really is. And DeMar DeRozan gives you that. And Lonnie Walker gives you that off the bench, which honestly, you know, you just need scoring at this point if you're the Sixers. Because like I said, you cannot have a guy who is considered one of your superstars not play the last three minutes of the fourth quarter because it's just it's just not plausible because he'll just get fouled and they won't get any points out of it. So again, apparently he's going to try to do a bunch of things. He's not playing for team Australia this summer. He's rumors that he's going to change his shooting hand. I don't really know, but I think that right now it's simply because of his defense and just the way he, the, he plays, he has so much value trade wise that, I don't see a world where the Sixers don't take advantage of that right now. Yeah. And I think for every other team who wants him, his trade value is also at its lowest right now. Yeah. Before, before this year, like at the start of the year, you would have to trade a superstar for him. Mm -hmm. And now you can do it with a fringe all-star. And I think that they, some team is going to take advantage of that and get a player who is not looked at very well right now but he's definitely one of the best players in the league at a lot of things like defense playmaking whatever he's not a scorer yet but that's still really valuable um so yeah i'm excited to see what happens because this is a big change for the for the sixers and whoever gets him the process i think we can officially declare as over and they just need to win (laughs) at this point like you're done with the process of winning uh, like yeah. you're in a phase where you need to start winning as a franchise. And, you know, I think trading Ben Simmons is, is part one of that. Um, the draft lottery, I know you wanted to talk about it a little bit. Um, so you go ahead. My cat is being annoying. One second. You go start talking about the draft lottery. All right. So the draft lottery happened. Uh, I am a Cavs fan. I am super excited. Uh, just quickly, um, number one, the Pistons, number two was the Houston Rockets and number three was the Cavs. Um, those are the top three picks. Uh, I'm really excited to see what happens because number one is Cade Cunningham and for the Pistons, getting a guy who could actually be something like a superstar that's not had that in a long time. And I am so excited for them because Cade Cunningham is going to bring something to that team that hasn't happened in a while. And that's just basically excitement. And I think he has so much potential. Um, and for all the Pistons fans out there, the few of them that still exist, um, I'm just really excited because a small market team really deserves to have a superstar like that every once in a while, because nobody's going to want to come to the Pistons. I mean, let's be honest. Um, so having a guy like that is awesome. Um, at two and three, I'm seeing Evan Mobley. Um, and Jalen Green being drafted. I don't know which order that will be in. I think the Houston Rockets would benefit from Jalen Green and having like KPJ at the one. Um, But Evan Mobley at the five with Christian Wood at the four would be awesome too. Um, So I think they can go both those ways and both of those are going to be good. And then Jalen Green or Evan Mobley on the Cavs. Uh, I'm excited. I like both of them. Um, I think both of these guys have a lot of potential. I think the top three have a ton of potential. Jalen Suggs could go four or five. Uh, I think this is a like top five picks with Kaminga as like a five 
are probably the top tier of players. And then it kind of drops off after that. Um, but I think this is a deep draft. So I'm excited to see what happens. And yeah, as a Cavs fan, I'm just excited. We finally got lucky again. Um, I know we've had a lot of first round picks, but for the past like four years, we have not gotten lucky. Um, so yeah, I, I'm super excited. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there, there's actually a lot of different ways outside from the one pick in Cade Cunningham that this draft can go because you, you look at the Rockets and they've got a good young core of, you know, Kevin Porter Jr. and Christian Wood. Like, I know that's, you know, core. I don't really know how many players need to be on a team to be considered a core. But those two alone are two guys that have shown flashes. I think if Christian Wood didn't get hurt this year, he could be an all-star. Um, Kevin Porter Jr. is like playing out of his mind every once in a while. Um, so much potential. Yeah. And so they could really go, you know, the Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs dire- direction, or they could go big. You know, th- they've got two options there. And I don't really think anybody really has a grip on what exactly they're going to do. But, um, cause you know, you look at Mobley and he's, a lockdown defender at a big position. He can also stretch the floor. I think he shot like 40% from three at USC last year. And I think if you're sitting at the Cavs uh, with just the position you're at as a franchise, you've got two young, you, you've got a young team basically just all in all, unless except for, you know, Kevin Love. Um, <laughs> and so I think you sit, you're sitting there and you have your eye on Mobley or one of the Jalen's and, I don't know. You're you're a Cavs fan. I know uh, you're on the Jalen Green train right now, but really what it is is Jalen Suggs is going to be a point guard that runs the floor and, you know, can you kind of like, you know, he, he's he's a floor general, basically. We saw it at Gonzaga. He was very good at it, whereas Jalen Green is very much, I'm going to get my buckets. So those it's basically you're looking at Mobley, who's the big man that can pretty much do it all. And then the two Jalen's, they just have those two differences. Right now, as a Cavs fan, if you had the pick of those three, who would you want? Yeah, it depends because I don't know what we're going to do with Colin Sexton. There's been rumors of trading him. He's my favorite player on the Cavs. I would hate to see him go, but I can't lie and say that the fit isn't great with Darius Garland. Mm -hmm. Um, So if I'm going best available, I'm going Jalen Green 100%. I think Evan Mobley is great, but I think the potential of Jalen Green is a little higher. I could totally be wrong. This is, I mean, drafting is really hard, um, but I just really like Jalen Green. Um, if that means Sexton becomes a six man, I'm fine with that. We're gonna have to pay him a lot for a six man. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited to see what happens. And I didn't even mention the Raptors got into the fourth spot. Yeah. Um, so they su- they lucked out a ton. Um, if they end up with Suggs. Uh, as like a Lowry replacement. I think that's awesome for them. Yeah. Uh, I think him in a Van Fleet backcourt would be, would be awesome. Um, but yeah, it, it could go a few different ways. I think the top five is pretty much set, but in the top five, it can switch up a little bit. Yeah. It's going to be, going to be a good draft. Keep an eye on both the Orlando magic and the golden state warriors have two lottery picks. Again, magic are in full rebuild. So I'd imagine they're going to take both those picks and, build around them but the Warriors I feel like what their you know current situation is win now so 
it's very it's very possible that they could trade those picks come come draft night or whenever you know building up to draft night um so that's definitely something to keep your eye on uh that's that's it about the the draft lottery just kind of wanted to mention that again we'll talk more about these prospects and who's going to take who come draft time and that moves into our second and final i guess third and final um section of the podcast and that is our mlb all-star picks exciting time in major league baseball we're in june um i don't want to say you know teams are starting to fall where they should fall because you know there's still lots of games to be played so like i think it's like about 90 for each team are still left to be played um so it's still a long season but uh mlb all-star games always fun fans get to pick um who uh you know, who goes to the game, basically. Um, And I just want to make it my side of it clear is, you know, you look at the the leading vote getters right now, you have a guy like Mike Trout's up there, like Byron Buxton's up there. I didn't include those guys because they have played not a lot of games. I think Trout has been out for the past like six weeks. And I, I don't think a guy who's been out for, 75% 75% of the season so far deserves to be an all-star. Yeah. Um, but again, I see the, fa- I know why the fans are voting him in. It's Mike Trout. Like I'm not putting it against him. I think he pro- honestly probably will just be there. I don't know if he's even going to be healthy by then, but the way I did mine was who I think deserves to be an all-star based on the way they've played and the amount they've played, I guess. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Even if like Mike Trout gets voted in, I think he'd just be an injury replacement. So I think yeah. he'll probably just do that. Same thing just they like, do with like Anthony Davis, where he's just like, oh, you are an all-star, but I mean, you're not going to play. So we're just going to do the other guy anyway. Yeah, I think it's so that Mike Trout can put yet another all-star game yeah. on, his, on his resume. Yeah. Um, so we'll I'll start uh, in the position that the only the American League gets, and that is the designated hitter. And I think if you don't pick this guy, you are sleeping under a rock. You you are not watching baseball. Um, and it's the man who is also going to be in the home run derby, which I'm very excited about. And that is Shohei Otani of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. I mean, again, we've talked about him in the past. There's just you can't say enough about what he's doing right now. He's. On the pitching side, he's thrown a let. He had 11 starts. He's gone three and one with two five eight ERA and a WHIP of 1.18. And then offensively, he has 23 home runs, which I think either is tied for the league lead right now or is second. 54 RBIs, which is up there, a 984 OPS, and he's stolen 10 bases. Like, there's nothing this guy can't do. He's awesome. Uh, we talk about like the only other person who's been insanely good at hitting and pitching as like Babe Ruth, which was what a hundred years ago <laughs> when he threw 85 miles an hour and hit against 85 miles an hour. So the times have really changed. So for a guy to have all the talent that Shohei has is insane. Like you said, if you voted for anybody else in his DH spot, I, you're insane. Um, he's just so impressive. I'm, I'm happy for him because it, it could have gone away where his, career looked like it was going to be full of a lot of injuries and we're finally seeing a healthy Shohei and this is like one of the greatest players I've ever seen so it's just really awesome yeah Um, I I just wanted to give a shout out to the Angels because I think they figured out how to how to deal with him 
because yeah. he is throwing maybe five to six innings a start if he's dealing. He'll throw six innings. But that's what I mean. He started 11 games, but he's three and one. But I think they found a perfect balance where he'll throw maybe five innings in a start and then just absolutely rake for the rest of the week. Yeah. Like, and I that, think that's totally the right way to do it. It's perfect. So yeah. shout out to the Angels for figuring that out. Yeah. Um, so that's an obvious – I mean, most of these are obvious picks, if I'm being honest. Um, I'm going to move on to the AL first base. This one, I mean, it's damn skipping it's right clear. Skipping, skipping right past the catchers. The oh, I am? Effect. I mean, it's fine. I'll, can... I'll, I'll go to it next. <laughs> we'll um, do, we can do first base. Okay. AL first base, it's pretty clear it's Vlad Jr. This man is in the league so many categories. It's absolutely insane. Leading the league in hits, home runs, RBIs, on base percentage, slugging, OPS, OPS plus, total bases. He's just so good. It's so awesome to see him at 22 years old doing this. Um, and he's just got so much potential. It's awesome. He's just, he's clearly the best first baseman. And I'm so happy he's having this breakout season. And I was not expecting him to be this good this early. He's hitting for power and average. And that's just awesome. Um, I think this is pretty clear that it's Vlad, but I'm excited to see him there. Yeah, I mean, you said it. He's having a triple crown season. Like, yeah, (laughs) it's really that's all you have to say. The MVP race between him and Shohei, if they keep going like they are, is going to be an interesting one and it's going to cause a lot of debate. Um, But I mean, yeah, nobody else deserves this, deserves an all star position more than Vladimir Guerrero Jr., uh, probably. Um, that moves us to the National League first base uh, spot. I have Max Muncy here. He missed like a week. Or I think he was on the 10-day IL for exactly 10 days. So, again, I know I said no injured guys, but that's that's not enough to get him out of the all-star spot where he's the way he's playing. He's got an OPS of 943 and on-base percentage of 418. And there may be guys, you know, he's got 14 home runs, 33 RBIs. There's going to be guys who have better pure hitting stats than him but his just the fact that he can get on base four out of ten times uh, is is ridiculous and deserves an all-star nod in and of itself and then he's also you know he's he's hitting home runs 14 home runs not even halfway through the season like that's great and he's also I, I feel like he doesn't get enough credit again I watch most Dodger games because I'm a Dodger fan but he's playing gold gold glove caliber defense at first base and he can also be used at second or third base as well. So that's valuable, but I think it's Max Muncy here. Yeah, I agree. I think um, the on-base percentage is what kind of changes or I guess elevates him past other guys. Um, You're a Dodgers fan. So I think you've covered that perfectly, but like, I think that him having that, that uh, on-base percentage plus home run, like potential, I guess, as a first baseman is exactly what you want. Uh, and he's just doing it so well. He went through stretches where he like just walked and didn't hit. And then he goes through stretches where he hits like home runs every, every game. So it's, yeah. it's weird, but he's consistently been getting on base. Uh, so I think he deserves to be there. Um, I'm going to move on to the catchers now. Cause I accidentally skipped over them. Um, I think for the AL, I'm going to go with Salvador Perez. I think that he has been criminally underrated for most of his career. He plays catcher every day. 
every game. And I think that's so impressive. I don't know how this man doesn't get injured as much as he does. I know he's had injuries, but the fact that he's been able to play for a long time, um, just so well, he's 31 years old. Um, he, he's batting 284 OPS of 841. He's got 18 home runs as a catcher. That production is amazing. And he's also a gold glover. Um, he's so good at defense. He's like the perfect catcher that you would want. Um, he's just so good. He does everything so well. And, uh, he's not, he's like left out of the top catcher, I guess, conversations that we have. And JT Romuto, in my opinion, might be the only catcher who's better than him. Um, cause he's just consistently done this so well. Uh, I know you, you might talk about Will Smith. Um, but I think the fact that Salvador Perez is so good at defense and offense just puts him above for me and that he's consistently there. I think it's just really impressive. Yeah. I mean, you said it all shout out Salvador Perez, old men getting it done. <laughs> Speaking of old men getting it done, my NL, uh, choice for the catcher position is Buster Posey. And, you know, he doesn't catch every day just because you know he he obviously had the injury that led to so many new rules for catchers um but i mean dude he's part of the reason why the giants are having this weirdly good season that nobody expected he's has a 966 ops with a batting average of 322 like that's that that's it and he's playing pretty much every day if not you know He'll he'll play it at catcher, and then he'll go play first or whatever he'll do. He he's he's out there just getting on base and getting hits for the Giants, and he's been so valuable to that team this year. So I've got Buster Posey there. Yeah, I'm really excited that he's been doing so well because a lot of people just kind of counted him out, including us. Um, so I'm happy for him. Uh, second base in AL. I got Marcus Simeon. Um, he's been so good, especially recently. Uh, he, he's got a 277 average OPS of 862. He's that leadoff hitter for the Blue Jays, um, leading the league in plate appearances. So he's just consistently been out there with great production, uh, 53 runs, 82 hits. He's also has 18 home runs. So he's hitting for power too. Um, the only knock on him is really his defense, but his hitting has been so good that who cares? Um, and as a second baseman, the offense is something that usually doesn't come for a lot of them. And he's just been so good and so consistent. Uh, in this past month, he had ridiculous stats. He was like batting 350 with like eight home runs or something. Uh, if you play MLB the show, you know that he got that player of the month card. Um, but yeah, he's been so good. So I, I think you got to put him here. I have a different different guy here, and I hate to really say it, but oh, I have no. I have Jose Altuve in this spot. He, he has been absolutely raking. He's hitting 295 uh, at an OPS of 891. Um, and the Astros have won 11 straight or 12 straight, whatever it is now, their first place in their division. And a lot of it is thanks to Jose Altuve. He's just been so solid at the top of that lineup. Um, 17 home runs, 41 RBIs. He's got the stats. He, he he just has been so good on a team that has also been so good that I think um, he he definitely uh, is up there in that position for me. Um, and again, I hate to say it. I, I, I don't yeah, I'm surprised it. you went with him. I, as a Dodgers fan, I, I'm impressed that you would do that. <laughs> uh, in the National League, um, I went with the pride and joy of the Pittsburgh Pirates, their only good thing going on for them, and that's Adam Frazier. If you don't 
I mean, honestly, if you're a casual baseball fan, even if you're a pretty good baseball fan, you may not even know about Adam Frazier because he's on the Pirates. But he just hits 330 and just hits doubles. Like, he, I think he has, like, four home runs this year. But the man just gets hits, like, consistently. And I, I love that type of player. Again, I know home runs and everything is a lot more exciting. But I, I always think it's nice and refreshing to see a player like Adam Frazier that'll just go up there and just get hits. And again, he's on the pirates, so it's not, they're not winning, but he's definitely could be traded, which is another topic for another time. But I've got Adam Frazier here, Frazier here just because he's been so consistent for that offense. Yeah. I, I have the same one. I thought you were going to go with Ozzy Albies just because he's the front runner. Uh, he's definitely the bigger name, but I think Adam Frazier has just been left off of this because he plays for the pirates. Um, so I'm excited. I really hope he, he makes it there, and I think he will. Um, mm-hmm. At third base, I got Rafael Devers. Yep. Um, you could go with Alex Bregman here, too. Uh, Astros, I'm sorry. Um, Rafael Devers, he's just been so good for the Red Sox and their resurgence this year, I guess. Um, he's been a really, really big part of that team. Leads the league in doubles, batting 280, 921 OPS. He's been really consistent, has been there almost every game. Um, the Red Sox are so much better this year, and their offense is just rolling. Uh, and Rafael Devers is a huge part of that. Uh, he can hit for power, 18 home runs. He's got a really cool swing. It's I think it works perfectly at Fenway. Um, and he's just exciting to watch, too. I think he's one of the younger players that is talked about less. Um, but I think he's really good, and he has a lot of potential to grow even now. Um, but he's having his best season of his career so far, um, and I think he deserves to be there. He's gotten a lot better at defense, still not quite there yet, but uh, he's getting there, and his offense has always been there. Yeah. Shout out the Red Sox. They've got a lot going for them. Uh, a lot of people wrote them off this year because of their pitching. At, I did as well. Um, but their offense has just been so good that they didn't haven't really needed good pitching, which is crazy to say, but that's the way the Red Sox season has gone so far, and I think Devers absolutely deserves that spot. The National League – third base uh, race is actually very close in in my opinion. There's three guys that are up there and that's uh, Chris Bryant, Nolan Arenado and Justin Turner. Um, I think Turner leads them in batting average and maybe OPS, but Chris Bryant and Nolan Arenado have him in terms of home run and RBI numbers like that. Um, I'm going to go with a guy who I think it's a great story if he gets an all-star selection and that's Chris Bryant. Um, uh, No, I think Nolan Arenado is a close second. Um, The only thing that would make me put Nolan Arenado above Chris Bryant would be his defense, but Chris Bryant, I mean, he had very down season last year and even the year before where it was kind of like, who is this guy? Like this isn't the Chris Bryant we, we knew from, 2017 when he came in and just lit the or 20 whatever it was 2015 whatever it was um when he won the mvp like this is the chris bryant we know um and i i I think with an 876 ops 14 home runs 40 rbis uh he's part of the reason that cubs team is up at the top of the nl central uh so i've got chris bryant there yeah uh i agree i i think it's great for chris bryant and i think it could go a couple different ways um, but I would, I would go with Chris Bryant too. Um, good for him. Sorry. I, I don't like that. What you did for to the Indians, but uh, you're still a good player. So I understand it. 
Um, short stuff for the AL. I'm going with Carlos Correa. You could go oh, a couple wow. different ways here, but I am going with Correa. I hate this man and what he does for, um, I guess, just talking about him cheating and whatever. I don't hate him. I don't like what he does, basically. Um, he's very outspoken and doesn't understand why people are angry at him. But he is a very good baseball player. <laughs> um, he is he's probably been the best player on the Astros. You could argue with Altuve or whatever. Um, but he's been so good, especially recently. 14 home runs, batting 305, a 934 OPS. And playing great at shortstop. I think what differentiates him from the other guys at shortstop, like Xander Bogarts, is he's just so much better at defense. Um, Hitting-wise, he has a higher OPS than those guys. Uh, this is very close, but I do want to go with Correa just because I think he, he leads them in a, some of the categories that are just more important. I think hitting-wise, he's been a little bit better. He doesn't hit for the same average, but everything else is pretty much there. He's hitting for power. He's getting on base. He's got RBIs. He's got runs. And the Astros have just been so dominant uh, offensively and defensively, but the offense has just been insane, and Correa is a huge part of that. So I'm putting him there. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a big proponent that batting average is very overrated and that OPS is kind of the statistic – that's the most important. However, I the way I kind of looked at it was I'd rather have two Red Sox in the infield than two Astros. So, <laughs> so I went with Xander Bogarts. Um, I think it's really close with Correa that they've got pretty similar offensive stats. Um, but I mean, Xander Bogarts has been the mainstay on that um, Red Sox roster. Um, in the past couple of years through their ups and downs, it's been, you know, Xander Bogarts has been consistently uh, one of the best shortstops in the league. One of the more underrated shortstops in the league. I think even I'll admit by myself, I, I've kind of underrated him, um, but he's come out and shown this season that he is one of the top shortstops in the MLB um, and should be interesting uh, when it, when it comes down to it, who will get it out of Bogarts or Correa. In the National League, I don't think it's close. Um, he missed some time with injury. However, I think Fernando Tatis is absolutely the pick here. He's got an OPS over 1,000. Uh, he's, he's hit 22 home runs, 50 RBIs. That Padres team has been a, a little bit streaky this year, but they're on a hot streak right now. They just swept the Dodgers, um, and Tatis has looked really good. I mean, the, the big knock on him is his defense. He just is – not very good defensively. Like he'll make flashy plays every once in a while, but then he'll lead the league in errors. So if you want to look at it from different scopes, I mean, Trey Turner is up there. Um, there's other guys, but I just think Tatis is, is the guy here. Yeah. I think that one's pretty clear. I kind of the face of baseball, but he's also having a really good season. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's happening in the field, but <laughs> I think he'll get better. Um, so what do you want to do for outfield? We each do one and then switch off. Uh, yeah, or just just give your three American League outfielders, and then All I'll right. give my three. So for mine, with a little asterisk near Mike Trout and Byron Buxton, because yeah. I think that they both might be there. Um, I'm gonna go with the other three, um, which is Mike Trout, Adelise Garcia, and Tiascar Hernandez. Wait, 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 um, wait, Mike Trout. Who? You said Mike Trout. Oh, Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge. Oh, okay. Aaron okay. Judge. Um. Yeah, those three. Um, so 
starting off with Aaron Judge. I mean, we all know him. Power He actually batted a lot better for um, batting average this year. The offense for the Yankees, I don't know what's happening. They have sucked, but <laughs> can't really blame Aaron Judge for this. He's been great. Defensively, he can basically just like reach his hand out and rob a home run at Yankee Stadium, which happens more than you would think. Uh, he's got a cannon. Uh, obviously, the power is what you want. He has he has 16 home runs, which isn't like leading the league or anything, but that's great production still. Basically a 900 OPS. He's doing great. He's doing Aaron Judge things. It's what you would expect. Um, so I think you got to have him there. Uh, my second guy, Adelise Garcia, I think is someone that people did not see coming really. Um, or at least this soon, um, 20 home runs. He was leading the lead or tied for the lead in the league for a little bit. So that was pretty awesome for the Rangers. I mean, I don't know who's watching Rangers games, but this guy has been producing really well. The power is there. He's betting 270 with an 850 OPS. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I don't watch Rangers games. Whenever I do, it's usually a highlight from him. So, I mean, there you go. He's got the stats, uh, I don't think he's bad in the outfield. So, I mean, I don't know why you would uh, tank him for that. But, yeah, he's been really good offensively. And from a rookie, he's 28 years old, but he's still a rookie. Um, it's cool to see. Um, so, yeah, I think he deserves to be there. Uh, and then lastly, we got Teoscar Hernandez for the Blue Jays. Someone who isn't talked about a lot, but has some pretty good production consistently. Um, with a 300 average and 840 OPS, this guy's part of that Blue Jays offense that is just so exciting to watch. And he just hits home runs sometimes, 10 home runs. He gets on base all the time, a ton of doubles, extra base hits. The guy's there all the time. Um, and I think he's there. I think he's probably the fifth best outfielder here, but because Byron Buxton and Mike Trotter hurt, hopefully he can get in there. So I'm excited for him because he's a guy who's not talked about really ever. Um, but he's having a great season. Yeah. Uh, I agree on two out of those three. I have Judge and Adelise Garcia uh, up there. Again, just the production is there. And with the injuries, I think they absolutely deserve it. My third outfielder is Michael Brantley. Um, it was between Brantley and Teoscar. But Brantley is another guy kind of like Adam Frazier that for some reason has always appealed to me. Like guys that just get hits and, you know, they may not have the RBR, the home run numbers. Um, but I mean, a 355 batting average to lead the MLB, uh, 923 OPS. Like, I think that leading the league, being the, the you know, the hit, hit, hitting, hit, hit, hit leader, hitting leader. I don't know what it's called. Something like that when you lead the league in batting average. Um, that, I think that deserves an all-star selection just because of that. So, um, again, Judge Garcia Brantley, but with the asterisks next to Trout and Buxton, of course. In the National League, um, my first outfielder is Ronald Acuna Jr. He is having an MVP caliber season, uh, 20 home runs, 45 RBIs, 996 OPS, and he's stolen 15 bases. This is a guy that can be part of the 30-30 club, maybe 40-40 if he gets there. Um, I think that's a, that's a no-doubter when you're looking at the, the NL outfield. Um I have, and then my next two outfielders actually come from the same team, uh, Cincinnati Reds. So even though they are not good, they have two all-star starters for me. Um, and that's Nicholas Castellanos and Jesse Winker. Castellanos has an OPS of 991, 14 home runs, 42 RBIs. And then Winker has a 995 OPS with 17 home runs and 45 RBIs. 
Again, I don't know how the Reds are so bad with two of the best, obviously, outfielders in the league. Um, but I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of people have these three guys as their as their NL outfielders. And, you know, Mookie Betts is having a pretty down season. I'm down season. He's hitting like 260 with like 12 home runs and whatever, however many RBI. Like it's it's a down season for Mookie Betts, I mean, you know, like it's it's not yeah. at all a bad season. But he's the only other guy that would be up there, and a lot of it would be due to his defense. And he might get in because, you know, he's Mookie Betts. Um, so we'll see. But I think based on output this year, it's these three guys. Yeah, I totally agree. I was going to say the exact same thing with Betts. I mean, you could have him there, but a lot of that is name and then defense. Um, but I'm happy for a guy like Jesse Winker, who's getting more recognition, and I have these same three guys. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of the same people, but – a little, a few differences. Um, I don't know if a lot is going to change for the second ballot that's come out or whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see the all-star game and the home run derby, especially. Yeah. Should be fun. Home run derby, fun time. home run derby in Colorado. Balls are going to be yeah. flying. What, what's your, you think we're getting a 500 footer? Hmm. I, I can Ooh. see Shohei hitting a 500 footer. I, Pete I, I got Shohei could winning get, too. Should get one out there. Yeah, I don't even know it's it's like Shohei Pete. Has anyone else? I don't know if anyone else is committed, but yeah, it's going to be a fun All Star Weekend this year. It's in a couple weeks. Um, we might talk a little bit more about it come the time. But um, yeah, this was a, a phenomenal episode. We talked about Ben Simmons. It's a bit of a longer episode, I think, but you know, whatever. We had fun. Uh, we talked about Ben Simmons. Talked about the NBA draft lottery a little bit, and then gave our MLB All Star Game picks. Um. Again, like, comment, subscribe, give us a rating, give us a follow. Uh, check out all our social medias linked down below if you're watching on YouTube. Um, and yeah, thanks. Thanks so much uh, for listening. Uh, and uh, yeah, this has been the World of Sports Podcast, episode 44. Uh, and for my co-host, Logan Ring, my name is Diego Sandoval, signing off. Signing off. <laughs>